<laughs> 801. Huh. John on tonight? <laughs> I love you, chat. You guys are great. <laughs> and we are live. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 188, your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Rhett. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, and tonight, definitely some Star Trek. Happy Picard Day, everyone. This is a PG-13 show in both language and content, and all Super Chats are read on the air so long as they meet those criteria. If you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or otherwise, let us know in the early show goings and we'll give some shout-outs as we go along. And last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the Super Secret Chat or the even more Super Secret After Party, think about joining the play... <laughs> I can't say Patreon and Floatplane in the same word. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Either joining the Floatplane or Patreon. Links are down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and keep the party going all week long. Welcome to the show, everyone. How's it going, Rhett? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. Glad to be back. No longer it's joining us from out. Purgatory, it, it seems. Yeah, I've upgraded. I've upgraded uh, purgatory adjacent. They decided to let me keep some of my belongings. So we're, we're coming up in the world. Good I'm deal. excited. Good deal. Maybe even next time I'll have something fancier on the wall. Yeah. Like maybe like a picture frame or something like. Yeah. Or, maybe. or do we not want to get ahead of ourselves? Uh, hey, you know, I don't want to rule anything out, but I don't want to get your hopes up. Okay. So. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I've uh, I've owned a couple of homes now. I know how long that process takes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's still like two rooms in this house that I'm going, oh, God, I don't I don't know what we're ever going to do in here. Like we had like all these grandiose plans and then it's like, screw it. Just like put all the extra furniture over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call it a yeah, day. I've, I've definitely given up on some of my dreams, but that had nothing to do with homeownership. That's just, <laughs> that's just every day. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, one of these days. And in case everyone's wondering, we are meeting again same time next week for to continue this therapy session. So <laughs> yeah. And how does that make you? How feel, does that make Jeff? you feel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, you know what's almost as good as therapy and just as cheap? What's beers? That? Beers? Yes, of course. Uh, speaking of beer, do you have something? I do. What are you drinking tonight? So unfortunately, I didn't bring the bottle down with me. I had to pour it because I'm so far away from the kitchen. <laughs> I am drinking a, uh, a bourbon vanilla. Uh, you, you broke up there for like 10 seconds. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm serious. Urban vanilla cider from Bauman Farms. Oh, okay. Now I heard you. Delicious. I have had that one. It is delicious. It is quite excellent. Uh, tonight. I think it's like 8.5%. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, tonight I am opening with, uh, I guess you can call it a gin mule, although I'm just going to make it in a pint glass. Uh, but I, I felt like a little ginger beer, so... 
Uh, we're going to use Crater-like Prohibition Era Gin. Uh, this is a corn-based gin and uh, a pretty fantastic little brew, if I don't say so myself. Put that down over the ice ball here. It's all I had for ice down here was uh, my giant balls. So, <laughs> yeah, you did. That's right. Uh, there's that. And where did my lime go? I have a lime. Hello, lime. Oh, I left it on the counter. Dang it. <laughs> How dare you? Well, my beer is delicious. My cider, rather. Yeah, uh, you can't really taste the bourbon, but uh, you know, you got that bourbon barrel thing going on. Definitely blends well with the vanilla, though. It's very smooth cider. It's good. Mm. That is a good lime. Holy crap. I think I just got about a full ounce of lime juice out of a half of a lime. Like, and it's still going. <laughs> that was crazy. All right. And tonight we're using uh, Reed's, which is a... Pretty solid ginger beer. I love Reeds. Yep. Reeds, Fever Tree, Cock and Bowl. There's so many good ginger beers out there. All right. And there we have a uh, gin mule. So, figured, uh, finally got out, uh, put some miles on the Z car today. Had, uh, gosh, spent about three hours just cruising the countryside this afternoon. I needed that. I really, really desperately needed that. Um, you might have noticed I haven't posted a video this week. And Rhett, you might have noticed that I haven't had you edit a video in like a week and a half. That's because I've been literally just working on this one video uh, for, I think, eight days now. Oh, one no. video. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a subject matter that you all will know what it is. It's it's the VGPU again, uh, diving back into the cloud gaming server, uh, to some pretty phenomenal results this time around. Uh, and spoiler alert, expect maybe like at least four more videos in this series after this one, because, oh man, I have plans on different ways I want to test it and different hardware I want to use. And like, I'm excited now. Uh, but yeah, this has been an endeavor to get it to this point. And uh, I actually went through and uh, reached out to some people both in the community as well as the the tech community. Uh, and uh, because there's a there's some sensitive subject matter in this one. That's that's a little you have to address it. And if you don't if you don't address it in the right way, someone's gonna get ticked off. Someone may get ticked off depending on who it NVIDIA watches it but I tried to do it in a way that was not tick-offable, <laughs> so to speak. But I very may well be blacklisted from NVIDIA after this one goes live. So <laughs> look forward to it. Uh, we're, we're in the final stages of getting this one done. I'm hoping either tomorrow or Friday this video will be released. And then uh, expect uh, potentially up to three videos next week. So Rhett, clear, clear your schedule. We, uh we're gonna I was we're gonna, gonna roll out some content next week. See, when I don't get videos, I try not to look a gift horse in the mouth because it's like, you know, on one hand, it's like, okay, here's a break. But the moment that I take it for granted, <laughs> the videos just pour in, and all of a sudden, I'm behind, and it's oh god. <laughs> See you later. 
huh, uh, I just got to disconnect and reconnect OBS. And ret's down to like half a frame per second. Does anyone know if there's solar flares going on right now? Something. Man. Uh, hopefully we'll get Rhett back. I, I still kind of see him. <laughs> I think Rhett may, may have returned to Purgatory. Ah, oh, all right. Well, we'll hopefully get Rhett back shortly. I hope. Maybe. Awaiting his return. Uh, <laughs> Terminator is back. Yeah. Uh, Rhett got caught downloading Windows 11. <laughs> oh, Lord, the tubes. Yeah, the tubes are uh, definitely being clamped. Either that or NVIDIA's coming after me and, like, killing my NVINC or something like that. Who knows? Uh, anyway, hopefully we'll get him back very shortly. Oh, man, that's good. Oh. That is exactly the drink I needed after uh, three hours with the, the top down on the convertible today. Oh, that was so good. Uh, and yeah, Rhett's uh, bourbon vanilla cider. Uh, uh, Skull chimes in and says that's actually a 9.4%. Uh, I, I thought it was closer to eight and a half. A lot of Bauman ciders tend to be right in that eight and a half. Uh, but no, apparently the, uh, the bourbon barrel aged one is uh, 9.4. Uh, let's see, uh, Rhett turning into Mad Max. Yes, he is, John Jay. Uh, let's see, Rev cracked open a Firestone Waka Tequila Barrel Sunrise 2021. Um, is it the Firestone? No, my, uh, my Firestone's a different one. I have a, I have a 2016 Firestone in my fridge. Uh, and then I've got a Sierra Nevada Trip in the Woods, uh, barrel-aged agave spirit uh, that uh, I've been looking at a little closer and a little closer as the days go by going, I need to open that one soon because that one sounds really good. Um, it, it's a tall bottle. It's a, uh, it's a full 28-ounce uh, bottle, so a bomber and a half. And I think it's only 6.4%, so it's not terrible. It's something you could definitely, you know, drink in an afternoon by yourself. Oh, uh, let's see what else we got. I'm soup. I'm a sp okay, okay, world world peace. Uh, let's see. Uh, John Jay is trying out a Flume Double IPA from Battery Steel Brewing, and we've got a Cleveland Underground Bourbon Whiskey finished with black cherry wood over here from uh, Michael Five Four Six. Excellent. That sounds really good. And it sounds like Rhett might be trying to ping me. Oh, blue screened. <laughs> so what's really funny is when Rhett was dropping out, I actually got a notification that OBS disconnected from the YouTube stream uh, while Rhett was also jittering. So I thought it was me, but apparently it's all Rhett. So who knows? Ah, oh, that's a good meal. Oh, that's so good. And notice I didn't add any simple syrup. Um, I don't think a gin mule needs simple syrup. Uh, Moscow mule, I usually add like three quarter ounce of simple. Uh, but especially with the, the corn-based gin, the, the prohibition-based gin, um, it's sweet enough already, at least to me. So, but 
I tend to like my drinks, number one, a little bit boozier, and number two, uh, um, a little bit more bitter. So less sugar is not a bad thing. All right. Uh, YouTube did buffer out for a second or two. Yeah, I saw it buffer on my side. So I, I think, but OBS is still reporting zero dropped packets. And so that's weird. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the first story of the day. And that is that AMD, it's been rumored for a while. And it's something that we've never seen or seen confirmed from them. But the rumor mill is picking up that uh, as of Zen 4, so sometime Q3, early Q4 of 2021, so this year, uh, that AMD with Zen 4 may be launching a 128-core, six-channel DDR5 uh, based Epic CPU and Threadripper CPU. By the way, DDR5, 5200 memory support, 12 channel. Let that sink in. <laughs> that is, it's, it's absolutely more than double the current performance of the, the 3995WX. Because uh, I mean, remember, the 3995WX is still a Zen 2 CPU. It's not even Zen 3. It's not even the, the 7 nanometer goodness. It's just Zen 2. Uh, so we're not even seeing the the 7 nanometer level performance of the uh, of the, the high-end thread group right now. Why is my bar for zoom not going away? Come on. Come oh boy. on. Zoom, don't, don't do this to me. Come on. Welcome back, Rhett, by the way. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> everything went wrong at once. Yes. <laughs> that was weird. I, I don't know why Zoom is doing this to me now, because the bar is stuck on at the bottom of the screen, even though I'm not highlighting that window anymore. Mm. Who knows? Probably because I chatted to you. Oh, po Oh, yeah. I have chats waiting. Okay. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah, we did it. Good catch. Two heads are better than one. That's right. <sighs> Welcome back. Uh, we Thank were you. We were talking about the uh, potential for a Zen 4 128-core Epic and Threadripper CPU. Um, remember back to show one, episode one, when we talked about Threadripper being announced, like yep. the first one? 16 cores oh my it's a thousand dollars what right like that was that was episode one here we are uh, about 190 weeks later we've only taken a couple of weeks off since that uh that first show well i guess there was about two months off and then we started regularly but sub 200 weeks here we are talking about 128 cores 12 channel memory ddr5 5200 speed uh you know, we'll we'll make uh, Ian from over at uh, Tech Tech Potato happy and say mega transfers per second, uh, <laughs> fifty two hundred MTS uh, instead of megahertz. Even though everyone else refers to it as megahertz, even though it's half the megahertz but doubled, kind of because it's double data rate. So, ah, neither here nor there. <laughs> you see that, Ian? I never once referred to it as megahertz. So, I'm on I'm on your side. 
but I'm also on the side of people understand. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You're a tech communicator. You got to communicate it. That's right. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, I, I was trying to spit out, this is beyond double the performance of the current 64-core Epic CPUs and 64-core Threadripper CPUs. Yes, we're doubling the core count, but we're we're looking at skipping an entire generation of IPC improvement from Zen 3 because the current Threadripper chip is a Zen 2 chip. It's a, it's a 12 nanometer Zen, Zen 2 chip. Uh, we haven't hit 7 nanometer yet because that's Zen 3 architecture. Uh, this going to be fast. <laughs> It, this is going to be blisteringly fast. Um, now, we do know that uh, Genoa, which is an upcoming line of Epic CPUs, is slated to offer at least 96 uh, cores and 192 threads. So, like, that's already partway confirmed through AMD's own roadmaps. So the fact that they're looking at a straight up doubling going to 128 from 64 from 64. Um, I think we all knew that was possible with the layout of Genoa and the and and just the math of how many can you stack onto a single piece of silicon. Uh, it works out. Uh, so Genoa is going to be the next generation, uh, also called Milan X or extra large Milan. So still Gen 3, but like a Milan Plus kind of thing. Um, and uh, we'll be utilizing X3D uh, chiplet packing technology. So essentially 3D stacking on the, uh, uh, on the chiplet design itself. But uh, very, very exciting stuff, if true. Uh, this is still very much a rumor mill uh, kind of thing, but I'm seeing multiple sources carry this one and run with it, and they're not citing each other. This isn't like WCCF is citing videocards.com and videocards.com is citing WCCF, or everyone is referencing the same rumor site. They're getting their information from somewhere, but they cannot cite their sources. And when that happens, I actually find that more believable. So, uh, yeah. So here's here's the Genoa uh, mock-up compared to the current generation of Rome and Milan chipsets, which again is your is your Zen two and Zen three style design. Uh, so sixty four cores available there. They're looking at adding a third chiplet and increasing the memory count from eight to 12. But is it possible to, to cram a full 128 on there? That's, the, I think that's the real question. We'll find out. Mm -hmm. By the way, there's also 50% more pins on that chip from uh, 4,096 to 6,096. Jeez. 6096 LGA 6096 To put that in perspective, uh Intel's current big boy is uh 3647. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently when you don't stuff as many cores into a into a CPU, you don't need as many pins. So. Clearly not. 
AMD wins by default. Janelle <laughs> uh, is also supposed to be on five nanometer as well. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, should be should be very exciting. All right, uh, moving on. AMD also announced today. This happened today. Uh, a brand new RX sixty nine hundred XT. Uh, it's a design that we've seen a couple of times. Well, not necessarily this exact design, but we've seen AMD come out with uh, all-in-one water-cooled designed cards. Uh, so this is a new RX 6900 XT. Uh, does have a slightly higher boost clock uh, by about 235 megahertz from uh, 2015 up to 2250. Uh, uh, also slightly higher uh, memory bandwidth from 16 gigabit to 18 gigabit. And also uses 30 watts more power. However, the number that went up that might be questionable to some is it's $825 more MSRP. Remember, the 6900 XT is a $1,000 MSRP graphics card. Now, we all know they're not selling for that right now, but... I have it on fairly good authority. End of July. I'm starting to see an end of the road, an end of the a light at the end of the tunnel that turns out not to be a train uh, <laughs> for the graphics card market. Uh, I, I I'm seeing some people that I know that are pretty pretty enthusiast miner people uh, starting to dump inventory for lower than eBay prices. Uh, I'm starting to see quite a few things. Um, I'm I'm actually curious as to why I haven't seen more card dumps yet, uh, but I am starting to see it. But this is just a 6900 XT with slightly higher boosting. It's an $825 all-in-one liquid cooler. It's 120 millimeter. Like... That's legit a $40 cooler. That's all that. It's $40. <laughs> guaranteed it's Asatec. <laughs> I <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe this one's not a rumor either. This is actually, this is an official announcement. Uh... So what do you think, Rhett? Would you pay an $825 premium for a uh, 120-millimeter all-in-one liquid cooler? Well, Jeff, as you know, I never spend money. I let my friends do it for me. It's very so. true. <laughs> it's even more true as of late. <laughs> uh, can I say? How's that rig been treating you? Well, up until that freaking blue screen of death, just, you know, <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Great. See, I knew you were going to badmouth me in advance. So I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kill switch. Yeah. Uh... Uh, yep. I can say uh, I have a 6900 XT. I definitely spent more than $1,000 on it. Um. I'm not that happy with it. I'm really not. Gaming performance is fine. 
overall stability and performance in Premiere and other tasks that I do, boy, I'm, I have not been overly satisfied with it. It's kind of hard to say, like, I spent $5,000 on a PC and I'm not happy with the performance. Like, it's, it's hard coming to grips with that sentence. But that's kind of where I'm at. Like, uh, I've had stability issues. I've had driver issues. I've had crashing issues. I've had all kinds of different things. The memory isn't working to the speed that it's rated to work at. Uh, I've got 3,600 megahertz memory in there, 128 gigs of it. Uh, yes, it's, it's dual rank memory, but it was still supposed to work and it doesn't, <laughs> it, uh, I can, I can get it at 3,200 megahertz, but not, not a single megahertz higher. Yes. I said megahertz. So, uh, cause that's what the motherboard refers to it as. So, sorry. Uh, take back what I said, Ian, I, I'm on board team motherboard here. Uh, <laughs> He only watches the first 10 minutes anyway. Uh, <laughs> so he watches me act like a robot and then and then, and then cuts it, yeah. Oh, this guy again. He's like, great. Right. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. No wonder they call him sweater vest. <laughs> they call you sweater vest and I'm wearing the flat top. Today. <laughs> flat I know, it looks good too. Thank looks you. looks good. Thank you. Suits you. Uh, suits me a little bit better than I wanted to admit, but... <laughs> well here's the thing you know everybody's got the jokes about the hipster hats and all that but it's actually like it is it's a classy hat you mm -hmm. know what i mean like the the problem that i have with with sky pieces in today's day and age is that the ball cap is way too popular now i'm known for wearing a ball cap oh i right i have stacks uh, of, of different baseball hats and, and i'm known for yeah. wearing what <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've had the same one for 15 years and it's in every photo of me on social media, <laughs> um, you know, but the ball, the ball cap, it's not a classy sky piece, mm -hmm. you know, there are so many classier hats and the flat cap, the patty cap, things like that. Like yep. it takes a simple spin on the hat and yep. makes it super simple and awesome. I, I'm very much a hat wearer. Like I have all kinds of different uh, ball caps and uh, other types of hats and whatnot. Um, I even have a, a pretty giant, um, I don't even know what style of hat you'd call it. My daughters call it my cowboy hat, but I have it for like when a, I have like to- a, What do they call those, a Stetson or whatever? It's or not a Stetson. It, it's, it's different from a Stetson, but uh, um, yeah, it's a larger brimmed full 360 hat. Uh, but uh, yeah, my my daughters call it my my cowboy hat. But I wear it when I'm working on the property out in the rain, and I I wear glasses, and it's functional. Like I can wear my glasses and not be constantly wiping them off or have to take them off and be half blind. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, now it's not a ten gallon skull. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I I have a number of different hats, but uh, this hat I. I like because it doesn't matter what shirt I'm wearing. I can yeah. still wear this hat where if I yeah. put on a baseball hat and I have a polo on or I have a button down or a plaid shirt or something, it doesn't work. And I like to wear hats and, and I also like to have nicer clothes on from time to time. Uh, yeah. Well, and that's, what's nice is it that, that is casual enough to go with like a t-shirt, like with what mm -hmm. you're wearing or 
you throw on one of these bad boys because mm-hmm. you gotta hit you gotta hit dinner with a client right and you still look classy af yeah you know um but yeah I'd make the case that, you know, I wear a, I, re, I wear a red ball cap everywhere mm-hmm. and I would I'm make aware. the case that <laughs> it goes with all of my outfits and, uh, I've heard you, you can't argue it, mind. but <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Just kidding. I actually, I started wearing that hat because it was a stupid hat, right? It's like when you start saying a word to like, kind of make fun of it. Yeah. Are, um and uh and all of a and, sudden it ingresses into your vocabulary and there's no stopping yeah, it. Yeah. It's stick. Yeah, it's like when I started saying the word bro, I was like trying to make fun of people that said bro and all of a sudden I was saying it earnestly. Yeah. <laughs> um so true story, I bought this hat as a joke for for a friend of mine and uh then covid hit and I never got a chance to give it to him. And I found it in a box uh, months ago and I just kind of hung it on the wall going, well, if I'm not gonna give it to him, I might as well just like throw it on my collection of hats. Never wore the darn thing. I put it on once um, and took a picture of myself in it. And uh, that picture has actually been my CES badge uh, last year. Uh, Not 2020, obviously, or uh, not 2021, obviously, but CES 2020, this uh, hat was in my my badge photo and will be for some time because I love that picture. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, that's the only time I ever wore the hat until about two weeks ago. Uh, I was like, I, I, I think I was wearing one of my plaid shirts and, and I'm like, you know, what? I want to wear a hat. We're going out. It might rain today. I, I want something to cover up my glasses. Um, so baseball hat's not going to work and I'm not going to go change. I, so I just threw this on and I walked outside and, uh, I, I asked my wife, so how do I look? And she goes, you look like a hipster straight out of Portland. Yeah. And then I corrected her and I said, well, you realize I did quit my full-time job to review cocktails and beer while making videos about computers in my basement. Yeah. That's I know what, what, I know what I'm about. <laughs> but Jeff, I bet you also look like a total badass when you wear that in the Z car. I, I did in fact wear it in the Z car today and I, yeah, I, I felt kind of like a badass. Yeah. I mean, seriously. it, it Yeah. Yeah, just imagine you ripping across the Italian countryside wearing that hat. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Oh god, yep. yeah. No, That's I, nice. I I I drove uh, through some of the the West Side Highway, so not I five. I was on on the West Side uh, yeah. cruising up and down, and uh, yeah, just zipping along the countryside. Beautiful vineyards. You look like you caught else. some sun today. So a little bit. Yeah, I, I feel good though. <laughs> it was the right amount of sun. Uh, do I wear driving gloves? Not most of the time. Um, uh, yeah, just not most of the time. Uh, number one in, in Oregon, it's rarely hot enough where it's like the leather and, and even my chromoly shift ball isn't burning my hand. So it's like, I don't need that much extra grip. Plus the road that I was on, it's straight. (laughs) There's, there's no corners. Um, Plus, let's get real. Driving gloves anymore, they're cosmetic, right? Like They can be cosmetic. They can be for extra grip. So if I'm canyon carving, I do like to, to get some gloves. Um, and I do have a pair of driving gloves. But if I'm just out cruising, and today was a cruise. Today wasn't a uh, going and, and racking gears and that kind of thing. Today was literally just set the cruise control at 60 and enjoy the sights. And, and I needed that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do plan on going canyon carving maybe sometime this weekend or early next week. Um, I'm going to go find a road and 
Oh man, you want a good drive? You ought to head out east of Malala. Mm -hmm. Head up on the other side of the Malala River, man. Oh, there are some good roads out there. There's actually a gorgeous road uh, between you and where I used to live. Uh, and not the one you, you're thinking of. There's a different road that snakes between them. And holy crap, it is one of my favorite curvy roads ever. Yeah, dude, there's some good ones out here. Yeah. You know, one of my other favorites, and I've had to take it all the time because the main highway between, you know, our two towns yeah, yeah. now are, is closed. But if you go out there, Sunnyview Road, mm, oh yeah, between, and mm -hmm. you just head just I've, head east on Sunnyview Road, I've man, done that one. and you hit yep. some of the best. Oh, and the views are so good. It yep. takes you just high enough up into the hills. Yep. You can see over everything. Oh God! There's a there's a road near my house that if I take it up, um, I get a gorgeous view of of a good chunk of the valley. And, Man, you got uh, some good roads out there. Yeah. Like oh yeah, I'm I'm a bit jealous of you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of roads that I can take. That uh, one of them looks uh, east over the valley. The other one looks south. And uh, both of them just gorgeous, just fantastic. You see for miles and miles and miles, and and they're fun roads. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. See, I got a commute and I stopped working from home and I'm commuting again and I'm I'm going an hour, but you know, yeah, one way and it sucks, but I get to drive through some of the most gorgeous countryside. Yep. And it just makes it totally worth it, especially in this weather. Once the weather turns, it's going to suck because it's like fog city out there. Yeah. But uh right now it's perfect. I just love it. <laughs> Anyway, good Lord, we could talk about just... We could. Uh, let's go ahead and get into today's first sponsor, and then we'll jump on to our next story. So today's yeah. episode of Talking Heads is brought to you by Roguecast.com, an online store for the modern PC enthusiast. We've all tried comparison shopping on the usual sites, filtering by price or spec, or even what received the best reviews. But all too often, the specs don't match your filter, half the reviews are fake, and the components you need are out of stock anyway. Rogecast is introducing a new way to buy hardware. Gone are the tacky, over-the-top company promotional videos backed with dubstep music. Instead, you'll find dedicated product reviews from reviewers you know and trust, with actual information about the products you want. Are you looking for a graphics card right now? Make sure to follow at RealRogueCast on Twitter to get stock alerts so you can finally complete that build of yours. Visit RogueCast.com. Uh, yeah. I was going to put a slash in there, but I don't have an affiliate link. Visit roguecast.com today and get all the part PC parts you need backed by honest reviews at a price you can afford. Again, that's roguecast.com, and thanks again to them for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Roguecast. Thank you, Roguecast. You guys are awesome. You're helping pay my mortgage. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Buying me beer, so works for me. True. Hey, whatever, you mm -hmm. know? Oh... Good ad read. Thank you. Dude, you nailed that. Thank you. Even when I kind of stuttered and half spit over the last line. <laughs> you know, though, I think you got a future in this. I think you got a future in reading copy, you know? I I do have a good voice when I when I get it down. So Just I'm not even being facetious. I'm trying to I'm trying to be honest. No, I I <laughs> I, I was taking the compliment. Like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. You looked a little uncomfortable. Like, yo, is this a bit? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> all right. Good. Sorry. No. I um. And people ask if I talk like this all the time. Uh. 
Sometimes I do. Sometimes I, I have a radio voice that I will use even conversationally. Other times I, I sound completely different than I do on on uh, on one of these episodes. Um, what you hear in a normal craft computing video is definitely not my conversational voice. Uh, it It's rehearsed, it's scripted, it's intentional, it's inflections exactly where I want them and exactly the way the delivery needs to be. Um, it's I'm very musically oriented and pacing of, of speech is very much a thing that I, I really focus on in the videos. And, and in fact, I, when I was working with Rhett on, on starting to edit, I said pacing above video or visuals or anything else. If the sound of my voice is off, I don't care if the video's off, I don't care if the visual doesn't make sense. This is what people are, are, are tuning into. Like visuals are secondary. Make sure you can follow me. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, hey, sometimes there's videos where I have to edit just from audio alone. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I hand it off to Jeff and I go, hey, make sure it looks okay too. That's not even a joke. That's happened once or twice. And, uh, oh, and I feel like those always turn out way better. Yeah. I don't know, you know, I don't know what it is. Right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. For, uh, for anyone looking at starting, uh, a YouTube channel or even a podcast or reading copy or radio or whatever, practice your, your timing, your pacing, your inflection of words, practice uh, getting a voice that sounds very comfortable to listen to. And it's really difficult to critique yourself and your own voice because everyone hates the sound of their own voice. Um, but anymore, I've actually even when I'm live shooting something, I've learned to listen to my voice and know if my pacing was correct and know if my pronunciation was correct. And I still make mistakes every once in a while, but the main thing that drives me nuts about turning on a YouTube video that's supposed to be an instructional video is the guy who has the camera and he goes, okay, so today, uh... We're gonna talk about well. I was I was working out in my garage, and and I, I've got this this old Ford here. No, 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 information. So today I'm working on my Ford F one fifty. It's a two thousand seven, and we're doing an alternator replacement. Give me the information I need. Yeah. Don't tell me the story, <laughs> dude. I I watched. But if the you video can tell the me the information day. that I need in a story, that's even better. Yeah, <laughs> but I watched a video deliver. the other day because I couldn't figure out why the hell my dome lights were on in my Jeep, right? This is a stupid problem to have, but like, it's like a third hand vehicle. Like the owner's manual isn't actually the right owner's manual. So it didn't, ha I was like, why are these lights on? So I watched this YouTube video and it was like a three and a half minute video. And all of the information I needed was in the last 19 seconds. And the rest of it was him telling like, oh, the dude came in the shop and like the dome light was on. <laughs> so here's how we, and you wouldn't think like it, where it is, but it was where it was because, well, you know, that's what Jeep does when they're making things. I was like, oh my God. And he like did all these extra steps. Like he turned on the Jeep. He did all this. And I was like, at the end of it, it's like, why did he turn on the Jeep? Why did he do that? Why did he do this? All you had to do is show me where the switch was. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Make your video or make your whatever you're talking about, about a specific point with a specific end goal and try not to meander unless it is directly related to that end goal. Yeah. And, and, and make it focused. Um, 
or you know unless you're me writing a script about morrowind you know <laughs> you just let it go a little bit and then you come back and you talk about how much am things. i gonna have to dial you in on this one i feel like you're at 17 pages already it's it's pretty long it's pretty long last time we talked i was at you know i think like 3300 word script mm -hmm. which like is a lot i don't know how i haven't like you know timed it out spoken but it was you know that's, that's like that's like 14 12 pages minutes or, or no no hold on it's 12 pages double space but anyway yeah. it's gonna get trimmed back because no, that, i'm a that's good probably editor. close to 14 to 16 minutes of, of yeah. scripted voice but you know at least at my pace <laughs> which yeah. tends to be slightly fast so I tend to be pretty fast too until I'm re until I'm reading words that I wrote and then I'm going to just like really lay it on thick. <laughs> no, it, it's going to get cut, but yeah, I just keep adding stuff and I'm like, they don't need to know this. I'm like, well, just in case I'll write it anyways. <laughs> so I think last time I told you I was at 3,300 words and I think last time I looked at the script, it was like, I, th I'm, I think I'm at like 47 or something stupid, which is insane. <laughs> oh God. Uh, do I have a word count on my? Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up my word count for my VGPU script that I just read. Oof, oof. Uh, which is one of the longer scripts that I've written in a long time. Um, you, you're gonna be glad I didn't give you this one to edit because it was an hour and forty minutes of raw video. <laughs> like, like I apologize to Rhett when it's over an hour. Like, like it yeah. was an hour five. I tried to cut it down to 40. I just couldn't quite get it down or I was uh, live playing some of the words, you know, kind of workshopping some stuff. So this one's a little bit longer. I'm sorry. This one was an hour and 38 and it was dialed like most of the time. <laughs> so. That's good though. See, sometimes they get over an hour and I'm, I'm getting much, much better at just like, okay, this is, this is where I need to go with it. This is where I need to go with it. Yeah. You know, some videos that used to take me hours to mm -hmm. like, peruse through now take me you know yeah you know an hour 90 minutes maybe it's 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 good you don't have to apologize okay tools where's the word count there we go uh uh 2656 words 2656 that's a lot of words though you think about it because i think it comes out to be about yeah my, minus six pages single spaced so yeah uh we're we're about the same there Okay, that makes it yeah. Because I was gonna say yeah, two fifty double spaced yeah is about a page, you know. So if you, yeah, I, I will say the total video length is about seventeen minutes. So good like, like I said, I'm, I, I know word to <laughs> to length ratio <laughs> at this point. All right, I'm gonna have to trim it. I have to trim it, but that's all right. Yep. Uh, no, this this is after I trimmed it. Like I'm good with seventeen minutes on this one. Uh, and this isn't even the the tutorial on how to do it. This is just the I I did it. <laughs> oh lord. I I did it and here's not even like a rehash of the journey. Like I know on a couple of my my cloud gaming server videos, I rehashed like welcome to part 5. Let me talk you through parts 1 through 4. We're 17 minutes in and let me get into part 5 now. Like I I know I did that once or twice. Uh this one I gave like a two minute synopsis uh, and, and it wasn't even much of that. It was just explaining a context for where we were versus what's changed in the last six months, because there's been a lot of development from right. a lot of different parties in the last six months. And I wanted to give that some context because uh, 
I had to talk about all of it to deliver the result. So, and uh, like I said, there's a lot more tangents that I have to take from this point on out as well. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, we got a super chat, Jeff, mm. from John Jay. Thank you, John. 127 watching. How about some likes for the hat at least? Hey, amen. And since he said that, at least since I noticed, we've gotten four more likes. So keep them coming for the hat. And um, yeah, keep it keep it coming for the for the tech talk because we got some plenty more stories coming your way. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, speaking of, let's go ahead and jump into uh, what CNN Business calls a bunch of BS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, David Goldman, CNN business writer. This is internal. This is a 100% in-house article that was written. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about Windows 11. And the, the operating system hasn't even officially been announced yet. However, we do know it's real. We do know it's called Windows 11. Uh, I may or may not have... Test run it already. Uh, <laughs> there was a leaked copy. Uh, so first there were some screenshots that leaked out and people went, oh my God, it's just a Mac. And eh, kinda. Um, I will say it's vastly different from a Mac interface, although there are some visual similarities. Uh, it is not a Mac OS version of Windows. Like let's put that to bed. Uh, yes, there's rounded corners. Yes, it's a little bit brighter and more playful and, and whatnot. They changed the a lot bar. of their logos. They changed uh, they changed look of the taskbar. They changed they changed a good number of things. Uh, but David Goldman, uh, you are claiming that Windows 11 is a bunch of BS, and here is why. Uh, well, first off, Microsoft said that Windows 10 was going to be the last version of Windows ever. So what the crap is this with Windows 11 just six years later? <laughs> um, it's a major revision. I don't know if you speak versions or not, but it's a new revision. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite quote, my favorite quote from this is, "We can only assume Microsoft got bored." <laughs> right, right. No, sorry, we decided that, you know, after six years of people not understanding our update schemes, even though they were year dot month that the updates were released. Uh, not only that, but our internal quality testing division was wiped away. And so we weren't making the updates on the schedule that we normally did. And so we had to go from the 19 or 1809 and 1903 to just the like, yeah, first half of 2020. No, that'll work. You know, 20H1, 20H2, even though there was no 20H1, it was uh, 2003, which wasn't released until 2005. It wasn't, it was too late, two months late. And then they went, well, what, rather than calling it, you know, 2009, we'll just call it 20H2. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, but here is his, his list of grievances. Uh, that Because what we've seen so far of Windows 11, it doesn't feel like anything revolutionary. 
Okay. Uh, do you know the underworkings of the Colonel? Do you know of any specific, you know, driver or code optimization or... I'm praying for code removal. Let's finally get rid of the 16-bit legacy BS that's been hanging around literally since Windows 3. Uh, you know, if if that's all they did is remove all of the the janky, obsolete 16-bit code, I'd be thrilled. I'd be thrilled with this release. Uh, but we don't know yet. Uh, the only thing we know is what we can see. And what we can see is a visual overhaul. If it was just a visual overhaul, I don't think Windows and Microsoft would be claiming a large revision number like this. Yeah. Task icons are centered, giving Windows a decidedly Mac OS look. Don't freak out. You can change it to, to left justified if you're old school. The start menu ditches live tiles for pinned apps. Yeah, it's because everyone complained about live tiles. So... They're getting rid of live tiles, and you're complaining that ditches. Okay, we've got a new Windows logo with four equal-sized rectangles instead of the trapezoid that Windows has been using since the 2012 release. Or you know, just kind of the same logo but on a slant, or not on a slant, or in a flag. Or it's been the same logo since '84. You know the the window checkerboard window yeah. is the Windows logo. Like, yeah. Uh, all the Windows icons yeah. have been redesigned with more colorful gradient and slightly more 3D appearance. Plus, real quick, I just got to put, he's like, he's irritated about the logo. He's talking about old school and all this. This is, this has been the logo since 2012, which, <laughs> right? Right. I just like, dude, yo, that wasn't that long ago. To be ago. fair, Rat, that's almost half his life. <laughs> in his mind windows vista was the worst release ever <laughs> you know what dude i'm irritated that they got rid of the logo that made it look all wavy and like it was moving fast mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like why didn't they keep that one who knew the design language changes over time god uh but th this one this one is actually really funny to me. All the Windows icons have been redesigned with a slightly more colorful gradient and slightly more 3D appearance. Yeah, you realize they go back and forth like every release because sometimes 3D and, and like revolutionary is the in thing. And sometimes, you know, we're going to go back to a flat and more simplified version of, of these icons because when Windows 95 came out, they, they kind of made them look a little 3D. And then when yeah. Windows 98 came out, specifically 98 Second Edition, uh, they were even more 3D. And then when Windows 2000 came out, they kind of flattened them again. And then XP made them a little bold, and Windows 7 kind of pushed them a little bit more bold. Windows Vista, whatever the bloody hell they tried to do, uh, was even more like 3D and colors everywhere. And then Hop everyone in. hated it, and Windows 8 came out, and they went, you know what, we're going back to flat now. Flat, minimalist, right. color-oriented. This is the thing, man. Like, there's this whole language of design, and it shapes every single thing that we interact with in our daily lives, and it shifts, and it changes, and yeah. what sorts of things look new, what sorts of things look old, and it always shifts, and as we all know, trends kind of go back and forth. What was cool 
you know, 40 years ago is coming back around. What was cool 30 years ago might come around later, 20 years ago. It's like, what was cool 10 years ago? That was stupid. Everybody was stupid back then, you know? But this is a thing, man. Like things have to shift or we're not ever going to think that they're fresh and new because the first thing that we're looking at are visuals. Yep. And right now what's really in is like the minimalist, the flat, the colors, it's like less is more. Like, look at what Google is doing to all of their logos. Like, for God's sake, I can barely tell half of them apart for all of their different, you know, integrated uh, apps and stuff. It's like, is that Slack or nope, that's the podcast app. Oh, is that the nope, that's yep. the calendar app. It's but they look cool, they look great, they look like they're moving their company forward. That's what it's about. It's about impressions. It's about firsthand. Uh, but man, it's like, oh, the icons have been redesigned for 3D appearance. Well, yeah. you know, 3D is like a thing. Right. That like people like. Maybe not you. Right. Uh, so so this is great. So kind of continuing on, like he has a full list of grievances here. And they're yeah, all about... It's... Well, they have the windows have rounded corners. Rounded now. corners. Who wants rounded corners in there? Oh wait, I specifically added rounded corners to our L cars layout because everyone complained about the sharp squares that I had. Even our this window has rounded yeah. corners now. Like, yeah, it looked more attractive than the square boxes that I had. Well, we've um, all seen Battlestar Galactica, and we know that they're going to cut all of the corners off their paper. Right. So. Right. There's no more 90 degree angles. Exactly. Yeah. Squares are but an illusion. Wow. Look uh, at that Twitter interface in there. Rounded right? corners. What? No. Look at what? no. Surely not. Um. But no. Surely uh, Mac invented so, that. So so he has this whole list of graphical grievances, and that's pretty much it. Microsoft will reportedly update the Microsoft Store, but that wasn't featured in this version of Windows 11 that leaked. Again, all you've done is install the base OS and went. That looks different. I don't like it. That's his yeah. that's his review. And yeah. Windows 11 is leaked and it's a bunch of BS. Okay. W- Windows 11 is bringing up the bringing back the startup jingle. Mhm. Missing since Windows 7. That was cool in 7 because if you knew how you could go in and change it to whatever you wanted. Mhm. I had it play heavy metal when I started my computer. Uh, my favorite one was uh, Mr. Scott going, hello, computer. Yeah. See? Right. People are clever. Uh, anyway, I'm upset about this. We had a startup jingle on my LC2 Macintosh. Uh, that was uh, the Wizard of Oz going, I am Oz, the great and powerful. And so every time you started the computer up, our Macintosh would do that. After the chime, so so you get the 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 Macintosh chime, um, and then it would start loading Finder and OS seven six and whatnot. And while it was doing the plugin booting uh, or extension booting, I believe is what they called, uh, so firing up all the extra programs that that come with it. uh, it I am Oz. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's dope. Yeah, that's how old I am. I had an LC two Macintosh. (laughs) <laughs> with a quote from an old movie yep 
to be fair, really the old. quote predated the movie or the the computer by like twenty or thirty years. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <sighs> yeah. CNN. This article is BS. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Um, now, what I will say is. There was some speculation, and I've been on this bandwagon as well. I'm irritated at this point that Microsoft is moving to an operating system as a service type uh, application, which means it's a living, breathing service that essentially you have an account for, uh, and they are collecting data from you, but it is still a paid product. And that, to me is like riding both sides of the fence. Like either it's a software as a service and and it's ad supported and you know, you're collecting data and making money off that or you're selling me a license and leaving me the F alone. Yeah. And I definitely much prefer the latter. And since Windows Vista, we haven't really gotten a version of Windows that leaves me the F alone. Um, now there was some speculation coming out that, well, maybe, uh, Windows 11 is going to go the, as a service route. Maybe it's going to, um, you know, open with, uh, or do away with all the dozens of SKUs and, and, uh, uh, complicated everything. Nope. Uh, so one sec. I'm pulling up a couple images here. Da, 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 da. I should have had these already done, but... Yeah, you should have. Yeah. All right. So, uh, like I said, I, I may or may not have been toying around with this ISO wherever I got it from. Who knows? Uh, yeah, they definitely didn't reduce the number of SKUs. Uh, so here we have Windows 11 Home. Uh, Windows 11 N is still a apparently going to be a thing. The App Store only variant that I've never even seen installed in the wild, except for the ones that came by default on Surface, which everyone uninstalls and says, no, we still need other applications like, you know, Chrome. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Windows Home, Windows Home N, Windows Home Single Language, Windows Education, Education N, Windows 11 Pro, Windows 11 Pro N. Oh wait, we're not done. Windows Pro Education, Windows Pro Education N, and then Windows Pro for workstations, and then Windows Pro N for workstations. Well, okay. <laughs> what I can say is Windows Pro for workstations had better leave me the F alone. Period. Yeah. If you are Agreed. selling it for industry, if you are selling it for professionals, if you are selling it for people whose livelihood revolves around the daily drivings of that PC and the applications on it, for God's sake, don't push weather bug to me in an unexpected update. Yeah. Like what happened this week. That's why you never update. Just take the security threats but as they come. you also don't have that choice with Windows 10. So... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not even including like enterprise SKUs. What are we at? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, 
9, 10, 11, at least 12, 13 SKUs, at least 13 SKUs, just on the consumer side of things. Well, uh, yeah, no. That's stupid. <laughs> Windows Pro and Workstation Professional Enterprise Edition with Candy Crush included. Right. There is no reason in the world I oh. need Candy Crush on my CAD workstation. Well, okay, but have you considered that legally your employer needs to give you a break, right? Doesn't what mean it needs to be on the break? PC. You're going to go out and smoke a cigarette? You're going to play Candy Crush, Jeff. Choice is yours. Well, let's look at it from the flip side. Let's look at it from an information security perspective. Let's look at it from an industry perspective of as an organization, I need to be, I am liable and culpable for every application that's installed and every potential security yeah. hole that is on PCs. And I'm sorry, but Microsoft is not the one that is in charge of Candy Crush security and, and potential vulnerabilities. Yeah. Uh, I mean... The, for the fact of the matter is we're still getting malware through Microsoft Excel documents that contain macros from 1993. Those are vulnerabilities that are still on PC that if you download invoice.xls and your PC ha or Excel has macros enabled, you just ransomware your where your network. So I'm supposed to trust Candy Crush? <laughs> True. I mean, if... Yeah, God, who makes Candy Crush? Uh, pop, uh, pop Games or King Games. King Games. King. Oh, yeah. It's um, not PopCap Games. That's somebody else. It's either PopCap no. or King. It's one of the King, two. I think you're right. It is King Games. Um but yeah, they're uh, playing the long game here they just want to get on every pc it's kind of exactly it but my point remains that microsoft if you are selling to industry you can't be i'm surprised microsoft as a paid product isn't liable for leaks like that for for security vulnerabilities like that i'm surprised no one has ever taken them to court and i think the only reason they haven't is either because they've settled and we haven't heard about it or that they just haven't gotten bitten yet. Yeah. But but think about all the random applications that get installed even on my my Windows 10 Pro installations here. Uh Yeah. Not just Candy Crush, but um all the weird fairy games and Okay, first of all, they aren't weird, Jeff. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Joking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't even say that longer than a second. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but I mean, like Barbie's Castle Mystery or some BS like that, that gets pushed out to you from Microsoft. It's because it, it's because of the EULA. Um, do you know a license agreement has no legal binding, especially when it comes to vulnerabilities? And by the way, the EULA had better specify in them 
exactly what software they're going to be installing, not just a blanket statement of we'll be pushing out uh, random games to your start menu. Hope none of them break you uh, because yeah. that would never stand up. I am not a lawyer, but that would never stand up. <laughs> so agreeing to arbitration, sometimes that stands up. But yeah, it the the amount of liability and culpability that, in my opinion, Microsoft puts on themselves by pushing this software, not just to home users, not just to like Windows free users, because I could understand that. I could understand if this was a non non paid service that Microsoft provided the operating system, kind of like Chrome OS provides the operating system and a browser. And yeah, you kind of have to deal with some of the telemetry that comes with owning a Chromebook. But on the flip side, you get Chrome OS and the browser and updates and everything else for free. Versus the Microsoft way is to charge you $100 for a Windows 10 home license and then still deliver ads and applications on top of that and pull mm -hmm. telemetry off of you. One of these two makes business sense to the end consumer. The other one says, and, and I'm really surprised I haven't looked up and seen the, well, just switch to Linux in the chat yet. Uh, I'm sure it's been there. I'm, I'm sure it has too. Yeah, I mean, that's the truth. You know, I've talked about this before, but you, you are not able to just exist in this world anymore. And the same can be said of, uh, you know, I mean, that, you know, that used to be the thing. Like when I was out of high school, you know, the big thing was like, well, as long as you got your computer, good to go. You don't need anything else. You got your entertainment, you got your your work, you've got all this, that, and the other. But you can't even exist on your computer anymore without mm -hmm. being advertised to or catered to or or manipulated or you know, have your 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 telemetry extracted. I mean, that's everything in life. Have you seen the uh, Bo Burnham inside yet? Oh God, yeah. I loved it, yeah. Do you like to see the news or any famous women's feet? Like yeah. <laughs> that yeah. that song. Holy so crap. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, man. So we've been yelling about Linux the entire time. Yeah. I figured you guys were. I, I was just shocked that it wasn't prevalent enough for me to have caught it yet. I knew it was there. Um BSD. BSD's only good for TrueNAS. And even then, TrueNAS scales on Debian now, so. Yeah, um, unfortunately, <coughs> yeah, we'll probably never break out of this cycle because, you know, our whole lives are owned by like three corporations in a trench coat. I mean, they don't even have a trench coat at this point. <laughs> Let's get real, you know, it's all right there. Yeah. Hey, would you like to buy this listening device and put it in your kitchen? You know, I am guilty of that. But at the same time, I carry a tracker in my pocket everywhere I go. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, is Amazon making money off of knowing that I want to know the weather at 6.50 a.m. and that I listen to Hamilton three times a day? Sure. You can have that money. Yep. Meanwhile, I'll go out and grind, hustle. You know, scrape every penny just to get by. 
but you know you can make money off me listening to hamilton whatever whatever you got to do sadly <laughs> linux is going corporate for the past 15 years um yes and no but hey now bsd is good for pf sense too <laughs> yeah sorry i forgot pf sense had bsd at its core so that's on me bsd can do two things <laughs> <laughs> hey wiretap what's the weather <laughs> Classic. Hey Alexa, order fifty-five gallon drum of lube. Confirm. <laughs> Just making sure no one has an Alexa nearby. And if you do, enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna grab my second beer really quick. Or yeah, my I'm ready for beer, another one too. As it were. You all know what I'm gonna be drinking next. Uh, it should come as no surprise that after drinking my craft uh, cider bourbon barrel aged vanilla cider uh that i'm gonna now drink a rainier oh we've reached that part of the show have we actually i'll tell you guys what if if y'all chime in and chat maybe i'll pour it into a glass but that's Ooh. if you ask me to pour it into a glass otherwise it's coming out of the can okay wow <laughs> we're going highbrow with this tonight i'm leaving it up to the audience okay we got 143 watching i can't let you all down if you think that a rainier needs to be drank out of a glass Rhett. if it needs to be respected Rhett. Um, just drink it out of the can. You know you want to. Oh, Michael Stevens first to chime in. Glass. Yeah, but I'm curious what everyone else says. Okay, Reverend. Reverend is a mod, and he says no glass that ain't class. Yeah. A clean glass or a used glass. Skull is on to me. I only have one glass down here, and it's the one I just used. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? And uh, GI Pilot says, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for activating my Alexa. I disabled ordering, thankfully. Got <laughs> <laughs> <Come> one. <laughs> oh, here, somebody says, uh, oh, American Cosworth. <laughs> Jeff, were you the one who have sent that 55 gallons of lube to the Oregon Wildlife Refuge a few years back? I'm sure he's talking about Mal here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all those guys got the, you know, adult toys and the that lube and all so that. That was so funny. Classic. <laughs> No glass, less dishes. They seem to be kind of 50-50 split. I know. That's kind of surprising. I expected a unified front here. Yeah, I, I really did too. Uh, well, tell half you what, glass, while, while you're debating whether or not you're going to sully a glass with a Rainier or not, um, I'm going to pour my first beer of the night, which is an Anchorage Brewing. Uh, this is Night Vision. 8.6% double dry hopped IPA. With Galaxy, Sabro, and Nelson Salvin hops. Yeah, exactly what I thought right. was in it. Those don't sound like Pacific Northwest hops, but it is Anchorage Brewing, so who knows? Yeah. Oh, yes. Plastic cup. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cosworth. Appreciate that. Yeah. Ray, were you talking for him or for me? For me, I think, because everybody's still going about I would, it. I would hope so. <laughs> All right. You know what? I think the can wins. Sorry, y'all. I told you. You do you, Rhett. I mean, the truth is, is that I just Be true also... To yourself. I also trust Rev's uh, input. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have to take a leap <laughs> take a leap here. 
I'm sorry. What were we talking about? I wasn't paying attention. I know this beer is so good. It's so smooth. And in it is the golden flavor of Yakima Valley hops. Mm. I mean, this is a beer of the Pacific Northwest for the Pacific Northwest. I mean, it tastes you, you know that dream, you know that dream in Happy Gilmore. Your happy place? <laughs> Go to my happy place. Yeah, Chugs is there. And so is, yeah. so is that girl. Yeah. 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 This beer takes me to my happy place. I bet it does. But you know what? And I. I I'm sorry. I'm looking at the camera feed right now, and I'm I'm looking at the appearance of me drinking a tulip in this hat. <laughs> I know. Did you just hit your teeth on that glass? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Just this one. <laughs> just just one. <laughs> Wasn't bad. I hate when I do that. Yeah. Um. But have you considered how cool I look wearing this sweet business casual polo <laughs> and a Rainier? It's like. It's like hey, I Rhett, just got off work. Rhett, went down to the bar. You you can't drive a 350Z convertible and not get up. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I can drive a Ford Focus. Yeah, not not going to be quite as badass, you know, with the Rainier and the and the checker shirt. <laughs> no, no, no. It just it looks like I got done hard that's, days. That's work. more. That's more clapped out 280Z. <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right, we do have a little bit of beer news to get to. One story in particular. Uh, boy, there were so many, so many potential headlines for this one. <laughs> uh, the, the one I opted to go with is this beer is the shit. Um, uh, John had uh, uh, two goose, one cup. That that was his submission. I'm really surprised Goose Island wasn't wasn't involved in this one. Um, a Finnish brewery uses a goose's finish to make beer. Oh, there you go. That's a good. That, that has that has a few too many double entendres, but I think yeah. it works. Yeah. Uh, so a Finnish brewery is using a using goose poop in the fermentation process to make a stout. Um. So. Yeah, uh, that's that's the story. <laughs> there we go. I mean, what else do you need to hear about the Finns this week? Am I right? I mean, right. these are the people that live in the frozen far north. Yep. Okay. Come wintertime, it's dark most of the, of the day. So yep. what they need is to have a foolproof way to collect the materials for their beer because it's gonna be dark. Yeah. You can't miss the yeah. goose poop. Now, it's everywhere. In now, what they're doing is they're not adding poop to the fermentation, uh, but no, they're they adding are... it afterwards. <laughs> right. Right into the can. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're back sweetening, shall we say. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to. Um, what they are doing is they are essentially smoking the beer uh, the same way you would infuse smoke, but uh, they're smoking the the malt with the heat from the poop. Right. Um, and then the malt goes into the beer. Uh, 
so, so it's kind of like when they smoke like a whiskey with like peat moss or something right yeah it's 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 a it's a smoked process of the malt where they are are smoking and 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 baking the malt with the heat from the poop and then adding the malt into the batch um and according to them uh the poop is used in a food safe way to smoke malt to create a unique stout beer the goose droppings are gathered from local parks where geese are causing a messy problem now the local parks get cleaner and a special edition summer beverage is a perfect is perfect for a picnic in the park a true two birds with one stone type solution end quote yeah isn't that crazy that finland is where geese go in the summer Right? I should tell you every that's that's where the north is, baby. <laughs> uh, see, they just kind of we're a pit stop on their way to and from. Right. Uh, I'm okay with this. This is cool. Yeah. This is um, the type of food experimentation that I want to see out of like eco conscious and like community conscious. Uh, companies and people and communities like this is right this is cool um you know i mean there are entire cultures of of people that that have to burn uh you know poop for lack of a better word for heat to cook food to boil mm -hmm. water uh this is this is like another iteration of it and no it doesn't have to be done but uh i would try it a hundred percent you know what Energy's energy at a certain right. point. Uh, right. There's there are a couple of uh, of energy producers near us that are garbage burning facilities. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that's one of the main sources of energy in our area. Outside of, I mean, I, I sorry, let me take that back. Not main, but supplemental energy sources in our area because a good chunk of ours is wind and hydro. Yeah. Um, there's there's really no coal done here, but there is garbage burning there's there's recycling plants and, and there's like natural gas na there's too. natural gas and, and some other sources like that but one of the sources is burning organic matter uh and it works and yeah and the plant doesn't stink too that's the cool thing yeah um, well they burn it with like plasma burners and stuff right like it's like super high temp yeah it's, what comes yeah, out of the smokestacks is literally steam it's like yeah, you can't even really see it honestly like i drive past that smokestack all the time yeah and you can watch the garbage trucks go in and out of it all day but you don't see any smoke no no uh like i said this is cool and uh, i'm a big fan of well you know i'm a big fan of uh, of like pushing food boundaries in like an eco-conscious way yeah and um i think that like we're all going to have to get more comfortable with this idea sooner or later. And so like, why not sooner? Why not like a beer that's smoked with goose poop? Right. Who knows? It doesn't sound bad. It's, I mean. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I could wax poetic on this here, but. Speaking of goose poop, uh, we do have a second sponsor to get to. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we do have you a second sponsor. Though. Smoked goose poop. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. I'm. <laughs> I'm still working on my segues. Like this is all right. Yeah. See, you can you you can never you can always uh, you can always win with like you know what isn't smoked goose poop the products and services of our sponsors. That's right. <laughs> you know what isn't shit. <laughs> uh, 
today's episode of Talking Heads is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business, but don't have the resources or time to invest in hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? Because if it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software from most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad blocking and recursive DNS server, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. Linode makes it simple to deploy and manage your own cloud services, with solutions ranging from a single shared CPU to massive multi-core virtual machines. They even offer dedicated RTX 6000 GPUs for graphic rendering or machine learning. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backups off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit when starting a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing. And thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. I'll raise a glass to Linode. Oh, and this showed up today. Oh. Hold on. Boom. Raid is not a backup. You know what? Prove it. Okay. <laughs> So got uh, dozens of enterprise clients that disagree. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Rom, for number one, designing that one. And I'm assuming either Rom or someone uh, sent it to me. Uh, wasn't expecting it, but I knew that it was a design that was up and for sale. Uh, <laughs> cool. And he's offered to let me make it into my own shirt. Uh, I will be hopefully doing that very shortly. I've, I've actually reopened talks with a couple of merch vendors, and I'm hoping... Uh, that's going to be one of the first shirts that I offer for sale is Raid is not a backup in the Raid Shadow <laughs> yes. Legends font. Yo, cheers to Rom. Love it. And the others that may have been involved. Yep. Yes, craftcomputing.store coming soon. <laughs> if you go there now, it'll take you to my Amazon store. So you can just buy something on Amazon and I still get the affiliate credit for it. So Hey, there you go. Why not? Cheers to that. Does it say Shadow Legends on the back? <laughs> nope. Nope. Just Raid is not a backup. All right. Uh, so E3 was this week. Yeah. And uh, there were some hits. Yeah. There were some yeah. not. <laughs> there was no Switch Pro. Let, let's start with that. Uh, one of the favorite memes that I saw from, from this was... Uh, Insiders are telling us that a Switch Pro release is imminent. And then Nintendo uh, from the Penguin in uh, one of the 1950s cartoons is, well, now I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all know that the Switch Pro is imminent. And I think like some details have already been leaked. So like, why does it? I, I think what really shined through in this E3 is how many companies realized how much they don't need e3 and i think nintendo i don't know I, i'm just guessing because I, I didn't watch the coverage live by any means yeah I, I basically did daily recaps on it um and yeah i'm I'm not a gaming outlet i mean i'm i'm a gaming outlet but gaming by proxy where right. i'm the hardware focused not the i'm going to review games right yet <laughs> And um, 4,700 word script of Morrowind incoming. Um, God help us all. <laughs> it'll be trimmed, I swear. 
I just write it all, baby. You're going to trim it and then increase it to 5,200 somehow. But that's how you know they're all good words. It'll be two videos. Fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm giving you one. All right. <laughs> 45 minute video income. Here's the thing. All the look, I don't want to derail from E3 too much, but <laughs> all of the Morrowind videos I've been watching for inspiration are at least an hour long. Uh -huh. I watched one that was eight hours. Yeah, we're not doing that. No, like, I don't um, have eight hours in me, Jeff. Right. <laughs> well, not for, not for that anyway. No, no. I'll play it for eight hours. <laughs> um, but, you know, so what I was saying about E3 is it really seemed like a lot of companies, with a couple of exceptions, and I mean, Nintendo was one of them. I think Microsoft was another. They realized that they didn't really need E3 for the screen time, for the coverage, for any of these things. Yeah. And so, like, maybe Nintendo was just like, we're going to put the focus on games. We don't need to talk about the the Switch Pro. Right. We, and again, we maybe can I'm have mistaken. A, we can have a Nintendo Direct event for that. Right. Why Why play our big card right now that's going to get lost in the shuffle of other big announcements or two or three big games when we right. can just drop Breath of the Wild 2 and WarioWare 2 on you and, and call it a day? Yeah. I mean, and that's all they need to do. Right. You know? Um, and honestly, I kind of like that approach from let's let's keep E3 and events like E3 as structured and cohesive as possible. Yeah. There doesn't need to be peripheral launches or new console launches or anything. Let's make E3 about games. Let's make right. CES about hardware. Let's yeah. make you know, name another convention about X industry within the industry. Yeah. Um, and and I kind of like that. Uh, I, yeah. I, I like it a little bit more structured like that. But that's just me. Too. I'm not a corporate exec who wants my name in lights all the time. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's the thing. And I, I think that we are going to see just kind of how COVID has laid bare a lot of, things like this like nobody has ever needed e3 no you know i haven't really watched live coverage of e3 since like g4 was a thing um and even then i don't think i needed it yeah because... i think that might have been some of the last live e3 coverage that i watched as as well right you know and it was great and it was fun it was something to have on but yeah, I mean, that's just not how people get news anymore, especially right. about games. And the market is so saturated. It's like, okay, great. I'm glad that I have a place where I can figure out what these tentpole companies are doing. Um, but, you know, I feel like I get just as more out of things like PAX, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, the indie showcase this year was good. There was seemed to be, like, a lot of really good... Yeah. Uh, a lot of good showings. But I don't know. This is just me. I'm just kind of ranting about it. Uh, it, it was not, I'm not going to say disappointing. It wasn't disappointing because I don't, I, I, I also don't really care about E3 all that much. So I followed it. I checked it out. I saw what That's was kind of coming out, yeah. what, what, th uh, what things people were talking about. You can't help but see some of them on Reddit or on Twitter or whatever. Um, and that's great. I'm glad to have it somewhere. Yep. But, uh, 
so there were a couple of title releases or announcements yeah. rather that that kind of caught my eye um first and foremost i think i'm going to give it up to the new ip uh and that is starfield yep. uh this is one i'm definitely interested in uh very much interested in um i some people don't like what bethesda has done with fallout they, they don't like the uh, with Fallout 4 specifically, they pushed it more towards shooter and casual than they did towards hyper RPG with 30,000 stats and, and, and different character upgrades and abilities and things like that. Um, I liked Fallout 4. I loved Fallout 4. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it um, was. And yes, it leaned a little bit more heavily on first-person combat, but it also played much better in first-person combat than previous Fallouts did. And I thought it was yeah. a wonderful blend. Yeah. Uh, could I use my science perk as much as I used to in Fallout New Vegas? No. Could I, you know... I mean, here's the thing, though. Fallout New Vegas, you couldn't even use your science perk as much as you could in Fallout 2. Right. So, like, right. eh, bad yeah. argument. Um, and, and when games get larger appeal and bigger budgets... This kind of happens because they also need to be hits. They also need to play with more than just the traditional Fallout audience. Um, same thing happened. I mean, you can go back in even within the history of Interplay, which was later on purchased by Bethesda, which was later on purchased by ID, which was later on purchased by Microsoft. Let's let's look at the Descent franchise, where Descent yeah. One and Two were very very niche focused. Uh, games with driven mechanics, but uh, pretty in-depth level designs and and yeah. uh, and large communities of people who generated maps and and uh, which resulted in worldwide conferences and things like that around a game from 1994. Um, and then Descent Three came out. And it was a little bit more toned down. And then kind of in the late 90s, so towards 98 and 99, they went, well, we need to compete with a little bit different version of a franchise. Uh, and so, you know, X-Wing and TIE Fighter and those games have always done well. And they just came out with X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, which is a full online multiplayer uh, space flight open game sim you know what? We need to compete with that. And so we got to set free space and then free space too. Um, and that's the way the franchise went until interplay died as a studio. Uh, it happens time and time again, where the larger your budget gets, the more global and generalized your audience needs to be. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. And it gives us, you know great titles and actually like this is like kind of a focus of like part of my script on this morrowind thing is that you know as you gain a bigger audience and or and as you try to gain a bigger audience you do have to begin to cater to like the lowest common denominator yeah. in many regards which is why when you see in morrowind for example morrowind goes from this exotic locale you know, with these crazy things that are kind of hard to grasp and really highbrow. Um, I'm giving you 30 seconds, by the way. Well, they give you, you know, highbrow concepts and things like this, and they introduce a lot of 
interesting and bizarre concepts but then you get into oblivion and you get into skyrim and like those things are there the flavor are still there yeah however the exotic locales are gone you know skyrim might seem oh look we're in dwemer exotic. we're in the dwemer again <laughs> right yeah uh it but it's also it's also typical western european fantasy yes in all regards skyrim has castles and it has dragons yeah how much more typical it's not these towering mushrooms and silt striders like <laughs> right you know with these yeah exactly and there, there's just and that's not just the case for games that's the case for music mm -hmm. you know which is why somebody like axis of awesome can go and write the four chord song because at a certain point the things that are Don't going to perform the best. Party. Yeah. <laughs> the, the things that are going to perform the best with the most people, mm -hmm. they have to cater to the lowest common denominator. This is why movies go a certain way, books go a certain way, music, games. And it, it's not a bad thing because it kind of drives the market in many ways. I disagree with the like necessity of it because I think that the best games that people are playing are the ones that are catered to a niche. Mm -hmm. I think the best music is the music that's catered to a niche, not just trying to hit or touch everybody. Right. Which is fine that that's out there. But the thing is with niche things, you're not going to touch everybody. You're, you're going to, you're going to yeah. touch your target audience on a little bit more deeper level. Um, and, uh, Someone someone said here Fallout 4 was was too dumbed down. Please make New Vegas 2, please. Why would you want to re-explore New Vegas? New Vegas has already been done. Right. Why not Seattle? Why not Yeah, give us give me a different story or a different setting. And you know what? Maybe Fallout 4 set out to I mean I'm not a game developer. I'll I'll say that straight up. I'm not a story writer. I'm not a developer. I'm 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 just some guy that talks. But to me, Fallout 4, with the exception of your ranks of skills really coming into play in conversation trees, yeah. I don't see much of a difference. I don't see this vast dynamic of of differences of gameplay that so many people quote. Like well, Fallout New Vegas ha has so many different lines where if you play with a low intelligence versus a high intelligence character, it does this. And I'll give you that. Sure. But if that's the basis for the depth of your RPG scale, you're missing the point of the RPG scale. Like, I could still develop my character and play style in my own way and assign my stats the way that I wanted them to be impacted. And my gameplay would follow that impact and and would follow the stat tree that i was developing if i wanted small guns or or energy weapons or large weapons or melee or you know if that's my fighting style cool if it's not then put your perks somewhere else um sneak was still very much a thing uh theft was still very much a thing like all the basic things are there yeah you know i, I so sure I, I really don't understand the argument of well, i want new vegas too well, what they want, what they're saying, you know, and this this is the thing. I'm gonna, I, I will preface by saying that I do think New Vegas is probably one of the best Fallout titles, and that's because it's really helmed by the people that made the original Fallout's. And I think my favorite Fallout is probably Fallout One, even before it's Fallout Two. And 
followed probably then by New Vegas. And it's, you know, it's a lot of the same ideas, a lot of the same people in many ways. Mm -hmm. uh, Fallout 3 was great. It was fantastic. Fallout 3 was amazing. But I kind of think that after New Vegas follows Fallout 4 for me. And it's nothing against Fallout 3, which is great and has great DLCs and all this sort of stuff. But mm -hmm. like Fallout 4, I think, kind of refined the formula of 3. And you're looking at New Vegas versus 3 or versus 4. And, you know, to me, the storytelling, the writing, all of these things are crisp and sharp and way right. above way above what you're getting from Fallout 3. And here's the thing. A great story makes any game good. Right. And, 100%. And, and the, the story with Fallout New Vegas was a little bit grittier. I mean, we're we're still talking about an end of the world apocalypse 200 plus years later where civilization is essentially dead. Like it's a great setting for any start of a story. But yeah. uh you know, you you look at all these different fallouts like, well, I'm I'm trying to make clean water and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to find my dad and and I'm trying to find my son and then Fallout New Vegas is I'm trying to find the M mother effer that put a bullet in my skull. Like yeah. it has a yeah. little bit different tone of yeah. grit to it and and i think people like that overall tone it's yeah. not that i don't think fallout vegas people are going to crucify me for this fallout vegas detracted in gameplay in sake of the story where the story in fallout new vegas was fantastic loved the story however i never felt like i was exploring i never felt like like I wanted to walk the map. Like the map seemed more linear because it was a wide open map, but at the same time, there were these canyons that took you to various places. Yeah. Um, has anyone ever been to Vegas? Cause there's not a lot to look at there. And there's yeah. not a lot to look at in Fallout 4 or in Fallout New Vegas because there's not a lot of geographic definition with the surrounding areas. And so you're constantly walking through literally just a flat map on a highway. And whereas Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 I felt yeah. like I was constantly exploring new areas that were visually diverse from one another. And while the story might not have been as good, I believe the gameplay was better in both three and four than well, Vegas. Here's, and, and here's something I'll admit to. I, I never really completed the stories for three or four, but I definitely completed the story for New Vegas mm -hmm. because it's gripping and it's good. And, you know, it's kind of interesting talking about your point about geography and, 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 and kind of the world and everything. Vegas is just a crappy area to set a story in. Right. But I, you know, I feel like it kind of, it, it caters to the the fallout idea pretty well. Oh, I think it does. Um, You know, and, and I think. Especially using 3, poker chips as currency and sake yeah, of, uh, of bottle caps. Bottle like. caps. And Fallout 3 was super <laughs> cool. Like the idea of the Capital Wasteland was super awesome. But then like Fallout 4, you know, it's like Boston and all this sort of stuff. When I went to Boston and I like went to Salem and went to all these places over there. I came back and played Fallout 4 just to see, and it felt like I had cheat codes on. I was like discovering regions on the map that I had been to in real life, but had never been, like didn't even think to explore in the game. Like, I don't know why that always blew me away just a little bit. Um, sure, now Ian it, shows up after we talked about him early in the show. Hi. Uh, uh, Vegas is terrible even during CES. I fully agree. Vegas is, is a... Yeah. Outside of the Strip, your first time, Vegas is a pretty terrible city to visit. It's um, just a place where people <laughs> live. Like, that's the thing, you know? Right. Um, Which is like any tourist trap. It's yeah. 
Vegas is a place that people simply live that happens to have some tourist activities in and around it. And it's very glitzy and glamorous, at least on like the center of the strip. But at the same time, we also still went to Walmart to get, you know, water Liquor. and bananas for the hotel room. Like, it wasn't all yeah. fantastical living. It wasn't this utopia of, of humanity. It was still Vegas. It's an interesting bit of <laughs> civil engineering. Yes. Um, you I know what? It worked. Ne- it took him from, what, 900,000 to 5 million inside of 20 years. So Yeah, for sure. The money's there, and where the money is there, people will come. And people are certainly there now. What is Vegas, 5.2 million, something like that? Yeah, something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Rev hits Rev hits my feelings on New Vegas really well. He says, New Vegas had more immersion and a well-developed world, whereas Fallout 4 had a well-developed world, but the immersion was kind of breaking when your character began talking, and which is something that I hear a lot and I kind of agree with. But, you know, to me, whenever you play a game or you watch a movie or you read a book, you're sort of given a, a promise by the authors of those works, like what you're in for. And yeah. like your character's talking right off the bat. Your right. character's doing all this. Here's off the bat. here's my my two cents on that. Um and that is that while I think in games like Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, where your character never speaks, but you do give dialogue. And so you click your dialogue choice, you never hear the intonation of your voice. So to you, you could be projecting your own voice or the internal yeah. voice that you have for your character. You're not influenced by the developers or story writers writing on that. You can make the character a little bit more your own. The problem is emotion isn't necessarily all the time conveyed through text. And we see this every time you've ever sent a text or an email to someone and they've said, are you angry at me? Or like, I don't know what you meant by that. Or like emotion isn't relayed through text. And so for me, if the character isn't talking, I actually can feel a disconnect from the player character versus when I'm playing Mass Effect. And that's the example I was going And give. all of a sudden, Shepard has a voice and has emotional relevance within the conversation. I feel more engaged in those situations than yeah. I do in Fallout New Vegas. So... Uh, and... Uh, Ian once says, oh, you talked about me? Wait, all good things, I hope. Um, We were talking about uh, the 128-core AMD Threadripper and Epic rumor with 5200 speed memory. And I successfully made it through the entire segment without saying megahertz. And then in the very next segment, ruined it all. So... But I I did credit you with, uh, with the MTS instead of megahertz, so... But as long as my motherboard and XMP profiles are still saying megahertz when I assign them, I'm probably still going to say megahertz. So, sorry, not sorry. Still kind of (laughs) sorry. Like, I get you. But, but that's a hill to die on. (laughs) Unfortunately, we never quite got into the story. But we were talking about starfield right starfield yes um so (laughs) we have 15 minutes to get through this and we have to do reactions to the star trip card trailer so let's let's freaking nail this 
Um, so yeah, Starfield. Bethesda's new IP RPG uh, yeah. coming out November 2022, uh, which is exactly 11 years after Skyrim, by the way, to the day. It's 11 years after the launch of Skyrim. Um, we'll be on Xbox and consoles on November of 2022. Notice the distinct lack of PlayStation there. Um, yeah. because Bethesda is now a Microsoft studio. Uh, so not entirely shocked, but November 11th, 2022 is the official release date of Starfield. Uh, and it's been called everything from Skyrim in space to a Han Solo simulator to whatever else. I think we're really going to need to wait for this one to develop and to get proper trailers and gameplay footage and whatnot. But based on Bethesda's track record of developing RPGs, whether you love them or hate them, they're usually very popular and people play them for hundreds of hours without even realizing it. Yeah. So. Because typically their games don't require rely on much procedural generation. Right. Hand curated. So right. feels like you're actually exploring a living world that existed before you. Yep. Who knows if Starfield will exist in the same vein? Who knows? And people still say, I like, you know, Privateer better. Fair enough. Sure. Cool. Like, you know, the truth is you want a good space game, you can go play Elite Dangerous or or even now you could go play No Man's Sky. You That's know? right. Prism updates out. Games uh, better than other ever. worlds. There you go. There's lots of options. None yeah, of them are by the Bethesda. No. So, so you know, we'll have to see kind of their take on this. I know that I, I know that uh uh you know there was some disappointment in some of the other titles and things like that, but yeah, see what they give you and we'll go from there. Looks cool, the screenshots look good, everything we saw looked interesting and cool. We'll go from there, but uh, you know, it's the big IP. And this has been something that's been in the works for a long time. Like yes. I remember Todd Howard kind of like hinting no, th at this. This game like, has been in development for like four years or something like that. Even well, even longer than that, because I kind of remember before Skyrim, Todd Howard talking about having like some sort of space. They were they were IP. talking about something like that, but I think it's been an active development for somewhere between four and five years. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, was definitely disappointed from the Bethesda that we didn't at least get another like six nah. nah just like just just show me that learn learn from the follies of blizzard and just say we're still working on it just do that for me that's all i want it's all i needed the truth is, and i didn't get it and i'm a little irritated the truth is they could just sell skyrim for the next 50 years and they'll continue to ship more copies than any other game i've stopped buying it at this point, I've well, I have two. I have two. Plus, like my Russian crack doesn't really work anymore. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, I've bought in Skyrim, purchased it rather. I think I've bought it three times. I've bought it exactly once, <laughs> and that was when the Legendary Edition came out. <laughs> they made it easier <laughs> than ever. <laughs> All the DLC, thirty dollars. You got it right. God, I think it was even less than that. All right, we got to yeah. move on. Yeah, we do. Okay, Starfield so, looks cool. Nintendo. Breath, Breath of the Wild, Wild 2. 2. Yes. This is cool. 
Um, so a lot of the talk has been around, uh, this is a true sequel to Breath of the Wild, takes place immediately after uh, the events of Breath of the Wild, uh, which I actually just finally finished my playthrough. Oh, um, and someone says, well, did you just beat Ganon or was it a hundred percent run? And I'm like, well, it's an 80% run. Screw the rest of the Korok seeds. Um, but I had something like 19 star or 19 hearts and, and whatnot. I had done a fair number of the shrine challenges and had all the ultimate gear. It's like, like, just leave me alone. I, I, I did my run and I, I put tens and tens of hours into that. Not going to say hundreds, but it was probably about a 60 hour playthrough. Anyway, um, which was, I think, my third time starting a playthrough and actually finally finished it this time, where it's like, in the culmination of all of my time playing Breath of the Wild, I had beaten all of the the Divine Beasts, but never in the same playthrough. And so I think the most I'd ever done was two in a playthrough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this time I actually went through, I beat all four of them. I, I Like I said, I had like 17 or 19 hearts, I think was my final count. Um, I had a couple of dozen extra item slots for various things and, uh, and beat Ganon and, and it was an absolute cakewalk after doing it that way. Yeah. So I'm calling that a playthrough. Um, anyway, Breath of the Wild 2, uh, much of the conversation has been around, this is a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, which we haven't seen all that much out of Zelda. Uh, really since Majora's Mask, there hasn't been a direct sequel. Uh, which was a direct sequel of Ocarina of Time. Uh, And Majora's Mask was also significantly darker in tone and environment. And and so even though it was a similar style of environment, it was a very dark style storyline. And I always love that they're like, oh, Majora's Mask, like the darkest of all. No, Twilight Princess was the darkest that Zelda ever got. Like, let's let's not forget that Twilight Princess came after Majora's Mask. Um, yeah, Twilight Princess is kind of dark. I kind of think Majora's Mask might be a little bit darker overall, but Twilight Princess was definitely... Right, but remember, it was immediately following yeah. Majora's Mask. And, and yeah. I thought it was actually slightly darker in tone. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, I mean, it was still a Zelda game at the heart of it, so it's still bright colors oh, and not. And one of the one of the best, too. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of correlation with, uh, you know, oh, they're just going to rehash Majora's Mask, or it's going to be like a darker, gloomier Breath of the Wild, and rather they kind of and and all the trailers and and sneak peeks that we've seen to this point have been. Link and Zelda together, which people went, ooh, two-player? Two-player? Which would still be cool, but I also don't want it to be only two-player or only multiplayer because if you played online, a lot of those people are dicks. Um, But all the imagery that we've gotten to this point has been very dark. So we've gotten all the blight kind of stuff from from the the Ganons and and whatnot and uh, whatnot. But now, all of a sudden, they're going, no, 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 we're not just darkening caves. Uh, Link can frickin' fly. Uh, so, Zelda Battle Royale confirmed? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. This Sorry. is him jumping out of the bus. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, anyway, so this is one of the first scenes that you see is uh, Link just catapulting towards these sky islands. Uh 
But uh, yeah, so it's going to be a fairly familiar environment, very much like Majora's Mask was familiar if you had played Ocarina of Time. We don't know if it's going to be the same exact map with added elements or if it's going to be a completely new location. Um, but we do know that it is a direct sequel. Uh, there are now also these floating islands, and we've seen some new abilities out of Link, including a time-shifting ability, as excuse me, as well as a uh, ability to like jump up into the bottom of an object and then like swim to the top of it. Uh, it was kind of a mechanic that they showed off very briefly, uh, with like this ripply effects on on the rocks. Uh, why are we talking about Final Fantasy now? Interesting. Anyway, uh, so sometime in 2022, we will see a release of Breath of the Wild 2 is the unofficial working title. I'm sure they're not gonna, just going to call it Breath of the Wild 2 because they've never done a Zelda game like that. Yeah. Except for Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. And I don't think they'll make that mistake again. Moving on. Uh, Elden Ring. Elden Ring. This one looked cool too. This one looked cool in a Devil May Cry slash like Devil May Cry meets Dark, Dark Souls. Souls. Yeah, is what I got out of it. Um, which honestly is not my favorite style of game. I don't know if this game is going to be meant for for me to play. Um, there are some hack and slash like. style games that I like, but not a lot. Um, yeah. so uh, there's a lot of hype around this one, but, and I know it's, it's a J.R. J.R.R. Martin or George R.R. J.R. George R.R. R. Martin, uh, collaboration, uh, action RPG. I, I watched the trailer and from even the, the brief glimpses of gameplay that you get, I'm just not... I'm not getting excited about this one. And I and I feel like I'm going to be alone in that and that's totally cool with me. Yeah. Um I'm excited for it. I like Souls-like games. I've I'm not really I've been meaning to. I haven't really played Dark Souls, but um there's a couple games in the same vein that I'm really interested in. Um, and so I kind of get the appeal of the style of game and all of this sort of stuff. Um, I'll have to wait and see because some of it looks like blatant ripoffs straight from, from Dark Souls. And yes. I've been seeing a lot of criticism of that. Yeah. I don't want to jump on and dogpile the criticism because I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, that's sort of the... I don't know, not the lazy way, but you know, so many people do that. They're like, well, here's the problems with it. And they dog pilot kind of like CNN does with windows 11. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll, I, I will say as far as like kind of new IPs go, like this is one of the big ones that stood out to me and that interested me. And maybe it's just because of the amount of coverage that it's gotten. And maybe it's because, you know, the, the collaboration sort of with uh, George R. R. Martin uh, and things like that, you know, and uh, you've got the guy who who did kind of pioneer the Souls games, who did sort of pioneer Bloodborne and Sekiro. 
uh, stuff like that. So, you know, you're probably going to have a lot of similarities with that guy behind it all, but who knows? I'll kind of wait and see. Yeah. It stands out, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not an early adopter for anything. So I, I, I saw, I saw this one. I watched the trailer. I tried to get into the hype. I tried and, and then I watched the trailer again and I went, I'm just not digging it. Yeah. Like, and, and maybe I could be wrong. I've been wrong about games before. This one, I'm just, I'm just not feeling though. So, yeah. And that, if I'm in the minority, that's totally cool too, because you know why they make games? For people to enjoy them and niche games are okay. And games yeah. that don't appeal to everyone are totally okay. Like we talked about Fallout 3 versus New Vegas versus 4. Well, and this Different is kind of an interesting. There's an just interesting because tangent. I liked a new hope doesn't mean I have to love the Last Jedi. They can yeah, be two I mean, different forms of media. It'd be really hard to like both of those movies because one of them is one of the worst Star Wars movies of all time, New Hope, and the other one's one of the best Star Wars movies of all time, Last Jedi. So, uh, moving on from that, before I have to field any criticism. Um, that kind of opens up. Give my uh, opinion and then run away. <laughs> I will stand on this mountain and defend it, but nobody wants to deal with that for the not on this show. show. You won't. <laughs> you want to bet, Jeff? I'm sorry, Red. I can't hear you anymore. Weird. It's the worst Star Wars. And I love Star Wars. You so. have no power here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this one caught me by surprise. Very oh, pleasantly. Yeah, uh, so, Wonderlands. We'll just say that. Wonderlands. Uh, so, the trailer starts out with this very fantastical uh, type land. Very unique art style. Uh, showing uh, this large dragon taken off from a, from a cliff and, and soaring overhead. You've got this guy forging what looks like a sword down on top of a mountaintop. The dragon lands behind him. He turns around and he is actually forging like an eight-barrel, you know, minigun and starts shooting at the dragon with it. Uh, and uh, then you realize it's all cel-shaded in a very familiar style. Like they... they, they, they they stayed very wide on the shot very intentionally and slowly drew you closer and closer in until you finally recognize the art style of Borderlands. Uh, so this is Wonderlands, but not just Wonderlands. This is Tiny Tina's Wonderland Adventure. Uh, and I gotta say, the early artwork that I'm seeing is freaking marvelous. Yeah. So really this is going to be like a fantasy style Borderlands shoot 'em up loot craft blah, 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 blah. I'm looking forward to this one yeah. as a as a diehard Borderlands fan. Uh I'm super excited about this one. Yeah. And it seems like it has a pretty interesting cast for yes. voiceovers. Uh Andy Samberg yeah. uh was Will Arnett Will Arnett, yeah, it's like an SNL meetup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it should be interesting. I I like the departure from Borderlands by Gearbox into Wonderlands. Uh, a fantasy style. Oh, Wanda Sykes as well. Oh, yeah, she's great. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so taking a, a bit character in Tiny Tina and and making her the, the figurehead of her own style story, very grossly diverse from the Borderlands environment, but within the same universe. I think it's fantastic. And I yeah. hope this is a good game. Yeah. But this one has me good. hooked from the very beginning. So Yeah. It is 10 o'clock. It's time for Star Trek. Let's hear it. What happened about Star Trek? Let's hear Something it. Something new? So, as I said at the very beginning of the show, happy Picard Day one and all. Today is Picard Day, 616. And on Picard Day, Star Trek doth bless us with a Picard Season 2 teaser trailer. Uh, for the first time, not just featuring the voice of the returning John Delancey, but in the flesh John Delancey as Q. Oh, Mon Capitan, you are much older than I expected you to be. Oh, so good. Um, so, they finally given away a little bit of the idea, premise, main storyline, what have you, of Picard Season 2. And they've done exactly with Q what I wanted them to do. It was like, you look so old. Well, I guess I could match you. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, Jan Delancey's old again, so they don't have to do makeup uh, yeah. or CGI. Um, because it's classic Q to go like, oh, like you're old and haggard now. Let me yeah. be old and haggard too, just to irritate you. Yeah. Like it's, it's perfect. Um, but teaser trailer is out now. Uh, and Q has apparently like altered the past. So there are major events that never happened. And the one that we see at the end is oh and by the way the like a lot of the main crew that picard is with right now so raffi and uh uh captain dude gosh what's his name seven of nine uh and whatnot they all seem to still have their memories so this is like a q snap like just imagine if you hadn't done this on the enterprise picard how different things would have been <laughs> uh and but they wake up in a future that is unfamiliar to them with all their memories from their old past that doesn't affect them now. So we've, we've got definitely a time shift going on, which is very classic Q. Uh, the most dramatic of which is Seven of Nine, who wakes up in her bed as Annika and realizes that she's never been assimilated by the Borg. And Picard is still in Starfleet. And there's a number of other changes as well. Uh, so uh, Ramos is uh, is still in Starfleet as well. He's got a an insignia on him. So lots of uh, and Rico Suave is in the crew too. <laughs> yeah, Rico Suave. Um, Q was always a bit of a dick. Yes, he was. Q was always the court jester, and yeah. John Delancey charged 50 uh, euros for autographs at a UK Comic-Con. I heard he was a bit of a dick. Um, yeah, he's John Delancey. He's he's not playing a character. Yeah. <laughs> From what I hear. Yeah. He's a phenomenal actor, but a bit of a dick. But there's a number of good actors who are kind of a bit of a dick. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to defend somebody's right to charge $50 for a signature, but it is also his living. Mm -hmm. so do you really need a signature 
Right. I mean, consider that. <laughs> and and here's the deal. Um, there are some actors who will just like randomly show up at Comic-Cons and will walk the floor and will be mobbed by everyone and will sign whatever you put in front of them and good on them for that. That's cool. The problem is most actors are still just kind of like working jobs. Yeah. And they yeah, they make, owe you that. Right. They don't owe you the interaction. They don't owe you the experience. And I'm sorry, but if John Delancey just like walked to the floor of Comic-Con, do you think he would ever actually be able to walk the floor of Comic-Con? Right. And that's, and, and no disrespect to, to Mr. John Delancey, but that's just John Delancey. Yeah. I don't see Ryan Reynolds walking the floor of Comic-Con. No, most of the time you don't really hear about people walking the floor of Comic-Con without a costume or some way to, you know. Right. I mean, the cool thing to do would be if you see these people to just like leave them alone because like they have lives and they like- But you realize, I'm going to quote George Carlin here. Uh, Think of how stupid the average American is. Now put it into your brain that half of them are dumber than that. Mm Mm-hmm true so the idea that like oh there's there's john delancey we shouldn't bother him that doesn't cross the mind of 80 percent of the population and so i don't blame john delancey for saying you know what if you want to come talk to me pay 50 bucks at least that way i can see you one by one yeah um versus adam savage who he tried to walk the floor a couple years after starting Mythbusters, and he would immediately get mobbed, regardless of what convention he went to. Because remember, he goes to maker fairs and comic cons and, and cosplay events and, and things like that. And he goes, after like 2005, I couldn't do it anymore. And so very famously, Adam does Adam Incognito, where he will yeah. dress up with three or four or five different cosplays. And he will try to just like walk the floor at Comic-Con. And the joke is, how long until someone realizes it's Adam? Yeah. And uh, there's been some some really funny cosplays that he's done where he's walked on the floor in something very elaborately disguising who he is and full mask and headgear and everything else. And not literally not a single square inch of his skin showing anywhere. And he will get off the elevator and people will go, are, are you Adam? And it's like, well, yeah, I am. Like, do you want a picture? And like, like all of a sudden he's here in, in his... Uh, uh, Admiral Akbar uh, get up and taking pictures with everyone or Chewbacca or whatever else. Yeah. But then he can walk around as Judge Dredd, which literally has like from here down on his face exposed and and no augmentation of his body or the his gait or his walk or anything like that. And he can walk for two hours and never be spotted. And so, yeah, it's it's this funny dichotomy between between that. How long yeah. until you get mobbed at LTX, Jeff? <laughs> um, I started getting recognized when I had about 15,000 subscribers. Now, it still doesn't happen often. Um, although, funny enough, Ian, I live like two minutes from your boss. <laughs> like, like, I know what part of town he lives in, and he lives in my part of town. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I I started getting recognized early on in, in the YouTube career. Um, it used to be I couldn't walk into Fry's without getting recognized, but then Fry's did me the favor of going out of business. So uh, it kind of worked out. 
Adam is lucky he's the star of Mythbusters and not out my balls. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. Um, idiocracy in action? No, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, but anyway, we got off topic. I, I know... Yes, John Delancey can be a bit of a dick. So can some other... Star Wars, Star Trek alumnus, so can, so can a lot of people. And to be perfectly honest, if your entire livelihood revolved around playing a character on a show that you haven't been on in over 25 years, and you still couldn't walk to the supermarket and buy groceries without going, oh my God, it's Q, do the thing. And, and whatnot, you might be a little bit of a dick too. So, Alan Tudyk has a great show about that called Con Man yes. on Amazon Prime, and I freaking it love money, Alan, Alan Tudyk. It's such a good show. It's this. And whole what's funny spoof. is he's in more things than you realize because he yeah. has so many CGI characters. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, he is. He's prolific in that way. But it's it's a great show about con life and how he. It's kind of a spoof on his character from from Firefly. You know this. Yeah. They're always having him like, oh, do the thing from the show. And he's like, okay. And he like despises all the fans. Like Grapthar's like, hammer. Yeah, it's essentially that, you know. What a um, savings. <laughs> the first the first episode has Sean Astin in it. And Sean Astin's like, dude, just give them what they want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he can't do it. <laughs> it's a great show. If I take anyway. one more step, it'll be further away from home than I've ever been. <sighs> Love it. Love Sean Astin. Mm -hmm. The Goonies, classic. Mm. Mm. I mean, what else is there? The Goonies and Lord of the Rings. Done. Right? Done. Like, like if that's your career, that's a career you can hang your hat on. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, at 13, I did Goonies, and at 33, I did Lord of the Rings. I never have to work another day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think we'll close on this bit, and that is that, uh, gosh, who is the, um, drawing a blank on the name, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, who's the, the main guy? Oh, yeah, um, oh, just left my brain. Yeah, uh, like, Malcolm in the Middle, someone, someone, Amanda hit me. Bynes and, not Amanda Bynes, but they're in that movie. Yeah. Oh, why can't I remember? I no uh frank muniz thank god frank muniz um yeah. yeah he doesn't remember yeah no so frank muniz doesn't remember any of the filming of malcolm in the middle in fact he pretty much retired from acting at like age 24 yeah. because he had suffered a number of concussions while uh uh motor racing and so he he was getting into uh into cars and whatnot and got in a couple of accidents and uh, between that and some other medical issues that he has, he goes, I don't remember filming Malcolm in the Middle, but I have so much money from filming Malcolm in the Riddle that I never have to work another day in my life. And yeah. it's it's the same thing with Tom from MySpace. Uh, so, so both of these have had similar interactions on Twitter where Tom from MySpace will speak up about something and they're like, yeah, why should we listen to the guy that can't even keep a, a social media network open? And he's like, well, because at age 32, I sold MySpace for $600 million. What do you do? What do you do for a living, Flip Burgers? <laughs> I'm like, first of all, there's nothing wrong with flipping burgers. 
There's not, but you're not going to make 600 million doing it. Second of all, it's true. You shouldn't shit on other people's work either. Right. If you flip burgers. So. <laughs> right. Like there's a dichotomy there. There's a give and take that you have to be aware of if you're going to, you know, shit on Tom for selling MySpace if you're gonna in his early 30s some... for $600 yeah. million. Dollars. Couldn't keep MySpace alive, but even today in its current state makes more money than you will in one year in your entire life. So that's what Tom made. Right? Right? Yeah. And on that bombshell, I think it's time we end. So do my best, Jeremy Clarkson. Uh, thank you so much for watching episode 188 here on Talking Heads every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time on Craft Computing for the latest in beer and tech news. Uh, Rhett, you got anything to plug for uh, Game Dev? You know, nothing nothing big to plug, but you can go over and check us out at gamedevsquest.com. You can also check out my Dungeons & Dragons podcast at chaoticamateurs.com. No, it is not a porno website. It is a Dungeons & Dragons website. And no, Dungeons & Dragons is not a porno thing either. It's a it's a game. People play it. They roll dice. We have you, fun. You don't know what gets me off. <laughs> if you want to hear me do a really horrible, like, southern gentry accent, you can hear it over there. Um, it's god-awful. But... Ooh, ooh, do the Irish one. Do the Irish one. <laughs> no, not doing any of them. Not on here, anyways. Not if you want to keep your subscribership. That's right. Anyway, but you can catch us every Wednesday that. night at 8 p.m. Pacific time right here on Craft Computing on YouTube. Uh, catch us in the podcast on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And as always, we will see you next week. Cheers, all. Oh, make sure to like and subscribe. Cheers. Bye.